Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Joining me today are two special guests, Matt Stevenson, the co-founder and CEO of Code to College, and Carl Settles, the founder and executive director of E4Youth. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having hey. me. Just a, quick, just a quick note, Code to College and E4Youth were both the inaugural recipients, uh, recipients of the Bingham Group Foundation's uh, grant program. Uh, this was last year, uh, coinciding with our fifth year anniversary in April 2022. Uh, but both organizations received $10,000 unrestricted grants uh, to their missions. And I've known Carl and uh, Matt for a number of years. Um, just love seeing what they're doing, their growth, and that, why I brought them on today. Um, should have been last year, today, though, is to talk about what the organizations do to highlight it and to talk about where they're going uh, into this year. So with that, we'll kick it off. And let's start with uh, with Matt. Just talk about Code to College. What was the impetus of founding it? Or what do y'all do? And what was the, the seed for, for its founding? Sure thing. Um, thank you so much for, for having us on, AJ. So uh, Matt Stevenson, CEO and co-founder of Code to College. We are a workforce development and STEM education nonprofit that is based here in Austin, but serving students across the country in over 20 markets. Uh, we, we, we employ a skills-based volunteer program model by which we source volunteers from, at this point, about 150 different companies, including Google, Atlassian, Indeed, and many others. Uh, many of them are in the traditional tech space, but we do span uh, across sectors and these volunteers deliver on our program model of education, exposure and experience under education. We deliver uh, a battery of after school coding curricula. Um, these students meet with their volunteer instructors several times a week um, and they develop technical projects to boost up their technical portfolios. Under exposure, we believe firmly, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So we introduce students at a very early age, as young as 14, uh, to all of the things that we as adults sort of stumble upon, how to develop a high quality resume, um, interview skills. We also uh, help their exposure uh, to STEM industries through um, STEM industry uh, case competitions. We've done everything from FinTech to semiconductors to private equity. And then finally, under experience, we bring it all together and we place a growing number of those students into paid software engineering and other technical internships. Um, over the last uh, seven years, we have served over 3,000 students. Um, uh, half of those students have come through uh, in 2022. So we continue to scale our efforts, uh, especially through the support of uh, great organizations uh, like uh, Bingham Group. Um, but um, 300 of those students were placed into those paid summer internships. As recently as this past summer, 83% of hiring managers of our summer 2022 cohort of about 130 students uh, reported that their code to college high school interns performed at or above the level of undergraduate interns at the same company. Um, to, your, to your earlier question, um, what was the impetus for this? You know, I myself, I, I graduated from high school and, you know, an elder in my church asked me what I planned to study in, in college. And I had said, you know, something in business. And she had said, do computers. And I didn't know what she meant by that. And I don't, I don't know that she knew what she meant, but 
Um, it was one of the best decisions that I made in my life because I learned how to code my freshman year. I ended up double majoring in finance and information systems and through a variety of internships and side projects was able to significantly defray college expenses um, to the tune of about 50%. Mm -hmm. And it was also just so critical to my professional and economic success um, in life that I, I realized, you know, at this point about 20 years ago, there's got to be some way to introduce this critical skill set to students because it's got such low barriers to entry. Like at that point, you just pick up a book, find a computer and high speed internet and you could code. Today, it's even easier. You don't need the book. There's so many free resources. Um, but despite those low barriers to entry, the as I said, the economic and professional and personal opportunities are immense. So, um, you know, over the last 20 years, I've been collecting different experiences, everything from working in investment banking to serving as an internships program manager to uh, being a high school math teacher um, and more. And ultimately, when my wife and I landed here in Austin, looked around and said, this is it. You've got this thriving tech hub. yet students who, who look like me and for no good reason, they <clears throat> don't have access to STEM industries. And so let's change that and Kuda College was born soon after. Quick note, when Matt was saying, don't look like me, just uh, we're all we're African-American as well on the show. This is all audio. <laughs> so for those who don't know who we look like, I'm black. Statement, black, I'm black, 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 so other yeah. black people, other brown people, uh, just a uh, quick asterisk. I am I am Jamaican-American. I have to make sure that. I, yeah, I but yeah, pride. I'm still black. Yeah, Di you diaspora. There we go. That's right. Carl, let's get to you. E4, E4 youth. Uh, well, I guess I'll start off talking about the impetus. Um, both my parents are uh, graduates of Prairie Bay A&M, so HBCU um, here in Texas. My dad actually got his PhD in psychology from the University of Texas at Austin. So I was here as a youngin uh, in the 70s. Um, you know, even just reflecting, I didn't, you don't know these things until later, but uh, my dad uh, applied to go to grad school. He literally had to have a special meeting with the psychology department um, so that uh, they basically asked him, why should we let you in here? You, that, wasn't, that wasn't unique, or that was unique, I'm assuming. That was unique. Yeah. Because he's, well, I mean. It's the 70s, right? I mean, yeah. so integration had just started. Well, we get that. Yeah, we I mean, you can say yeah. you say a decade, but like, oh, yeah, I get it. But you know, you were explained. Yeah. So, you know, I was um, coming to UT. I'd always thought, hey, Texas, University of Texas, I want to go there. It's my state school. So, on. But my dad was really ambivalent about that. And I didn't really understand that until more recently, I guess, mm -hmm. in my life. But um, I've always been creative. Um, I didn't know that you'd be creative and make a living at anything, being anything other than a musician until I turned 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And what I thought about, if I was in a rev relatively privileged position, um, and, and interestingly enough, most of my life, I've always been closely and deeply immersed in technology as well, but I would have not have gotten there had not somebody indulged my creativity. And 
to know that to not know that these opportunities existed. I, I thought about the kids I worked with because my first job was a second grade reading and math teacher in um, a Title I school. Then I taught science and uh, social studies in uh, Southeast Austin in Dove Springs for five years. Started an arts and technology based um, after school program where we're teaching kids HTML in the early 90s. And people thought we were crazy. But what I started to see, um, if you want to be off the bat, if you want to be an engineer or in tech, there's a myriad of opportunities. Um, but if you want to be a creative, um, maybe you like to draw, um, you, want to, you want to make films, there's no indulgence there. And what I, dis what I discovered over time, and I think I went through this when I came to college is, um, had an academic scholarship, um, I'm coming to UT, 50,000 students. Um, I was studying music and my only option was to be an opera singer. And I guess what I'm saying is that from all outside views, I was like a success. And yet I felt empty uh, and aimless. And there's a certain amount of rage that, that, that comes with that. And I think as I've seen with our youth in our schools, um, the way that they interact with the, with the school system, it's, it's all about a test. There is no indulgence in, hey, what are you interested in? What do you like to do? And we all have our, internal detectors where we start to really sense whether people actually care about us or what we can do for them. And that's the key fundamental thing that I decided and I, and I found out later that my dad's uh, uh, thesis research is related to this. Um, he worked with black male uh, cohorts and the idea of lay professionals working with them and the positive impact that coaches, community um, um, leaders uh, had on the mental health um, of these students and ultimately their, their outcomes. And so that really informed me and I thought about the kids that I worked with. And if I didn't know these opportunities existed, well, how would they know? Mm -hmm. And then if they did, how would they actually go about pursuing it? I turned 30. I'd been in the software industry. I was producing voiceover uh, and music. I had songwriters, but everything I was doing in the was in the education realm. And so then I tried to make that pivot into commercials, uh, commercial production. I didn't have any relationships. I didn't have that type of portfolio. And it's really difficult for me to, to break in. So if I had that much difficulty, from a place of relative privilege, how would these potential first-generation college students that I worked with throughout my career, how would they go about pursuing it? And so that's what really drove me to eventually develop E for Youth and the four E's are to engage, empower, educate, and employ. And we have a logic model that operationalizes uh, that process. First of all, um, many adults, as a matter of fact, can't tell you what they like or what they enjoy. 
And that's a huge problem. So how are you going to even know if you're happy? If you don't know. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, me so, thinking about that. <laughs> so the idea is that wherever the kid is at, we meet them there. And we empower them to understand that they have intrinsic value just for showing up. And then we teach them about the things, okay, you've identified these interests. How do you leverage those interests so that you can build a digital portfolio? And then based on that portfolio, we employ them, we hire them. And so what is evolved iterating over the past 15 years is we have a creative leadership academy that's for youth 18 and up. Uh, they get a stipend to participate in the program. Um, and then once they prove themselves, we hire them. They, we pair them with career and technical education teachers in high school. Those are all of the types of courses that would go into, would lead into computer science or into um, um, advertising. All those things are, so th these kids don't know that those things actually lead to those pathways, right? that their interests are, are actually things that are viable. And so it's helping them understand what they're interested in, build a portfolio on that, and then being able to seek employment. So our college kids are trained to build relationships with those high school students, help them unpack what they like to do, build their own portfolios, and then qualify for employment with our, our partners. Love it. And so we've iterated on that, and now we've grown that to now we have what we call our digital docents and this mixed reality storytelling program um, um, platform and program called What Once Was. And so they collect oral histories of people of color, they're creating content, but they're also working side by side with the best and the brightest in terms of uh, from coding to audio, video production, um, social media. So, and the idea is that we don't tell the students what we're gonna teach them, we ask them what they want to learn. And then we go out and find the resources for them to be able to do that. And then we employ them, these digital docents, they're creating these mixed reality experiences using these oral histories based on key locations around the city, exploring um, issues of gentrification. Um, and then they're going and working with younger students K through eight um, and they're using the idea of storytelling, these same types of tools, uh, techniques to help students unpack their own story. So we have six and seven year old kids doing VR. And soon we're gonna have them start to be doing AR, but it's all based in the context of their experience. Mm -hmm. And so we can have an eight year old create a VR story in 20 minutes if the asset's already created. But then they learn how to go about doing that themselves. And it's coding, it's creativity, it's design thinking, it's finding information, it's collaboration. And so the kids, what they come out of that, we work with these partners like Creative Action, Latinitas. We want them to develop their own digital portfolio. So what we're really looking at doing is looking at the entire region of Central Texas, ages six, to 24 and developing, um, looking at it as a pipeline. And what we're doing is infusing 
starting with these college kids growing up this crop, right, right, right now we have about 25, we wanna have 200 plus. And the idea is we wanna lay, we wanna raise the cultural IQ of the entire region because we're not gonna hire all of them. They're gonna go work at a creative action. They're gonna go work at a boys and girls club. But what we're doing is we're infusing them with that cultural capital, mm -hmm. that, that ex those experiences. And we believe that outcomes, education, health, wealth are all going to raise. And so what we've started to develop is this creative youth development coalition where we're bringing, part, bringing all of these different uh, sectors together and looking at um, our region as an ecosystem and then planting the seeds as we start to scale and replicate. Um, our plan is to be in 20 cities in the next five years, serving over 200,000 youth. Right now, so you're right now you're uh, in, within the region or where do you want to go? So the, so we're the region, the state, right? This pivotal place. So, so last year we served 500. And of course, we're coming out of the pandemic. This year we're going to serve at least 5,000. Mm -hmm. oh, we already with our network of our current partners, we have access to over 25,000 youth in Central Texas, ages six to 24. So it's, it's also a train the trainer model because what we're doing is we're not trying to replace a creative action or a boys and girls club. We're saying, hey, we're gonna help. Here's, an, here's, a, here's curriculum, here's support, and here's ways to effectively unlock uh, these kids exploring their interests, but also for you to achieve your objectives in terms of having them be able to pass the test. Because essentially what we're doing is we're unlocking higher level thinking skills. We're operationalizing that. There's, these kids are synthesizing and evaluating. And if kids can do that on a regular basis, give them the test. They're gonna do fine uh, on the test. So, so going back to Matt, um, can you talk, we're sort of early in the year recording this on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Can you talk <laughs> about what's, uh, and thanks gentlemen for giving your time again. Can you talk about what's ahead for the year? I know there are some ongoing initiatives, some multi-year initiatives, uh, Code to College had, um, you know, even over the last you know, several years. And, you know, what's what's on the uh, the table for 2023? Or then we'll come back to you, Carl. Hmm? Then we'll come back to you. Uh, but yeah, Matt, go ahead. Sure. Um, and don't worry about February 14th. It's just another day to me and my wife. Um, so, um, so, uh, we have, we have several initiatives, as you mentioned, one of them, uh, started actually during the pandemic, um, called vision 2024. Uh, that initiative was born out of, uh, my great fear that as a result of the pandemic, the largest proportion of our demographic in Code to College, which are our black and brown girls, was at the greatest risk of attrition due to inequitable access to high-speed internet, digital tools, digital skills. So we wanted to prioritize our black and brown girls through this initiative by supporting, developing, and placing 200 of them into paid STEM roles by the year 2024. That's everything from whether they are internships, part-time or fractional roles, as well as full-time roles. This has involved everything from early access to our curricula. We've got currently 
eight different curricula ranging from software development, embedded systems. We built our first Unity course in 2022. We've got a cybersecurity course that's in flight. All of this is in service of better preparing our students and these young ladies get early access to that. In addition to that, they each get a technical mentor who is some woman working in a STEM field, as well as an executive mentor. So someone who is VP level or more senior at their respective organization. They also have monthly professional skills workshops where they are working specifically on one of the four letters in STEM. So they have one month that is focused on science. They have had a, um, a resident um, surgeon uh, visit them. They've had, um, you know, they've had uh, investment banking managing directors come for the M uh, or mathematics. You know, they've had software engineers, sometimes hardware engineers come for the E in engineering. And then there's a whole slew of folks who fall within technology, right? And, um, and then finally, we have that mandate that they all get placed into that paid STEM role by 2024. Um, so we are in our, I believe our sixth cohort. We have a very large event coming up Saturday, March 25th in partnership with Atlassian uh, to engage our existing legacies as well as uh, prospective legacies, which is what we, we call the young ladies, um, as well as another initiative that we have in flight called the Texas 2000. And that is focused on placing the next 2000 high school uh, interns from Texas into those internship roles. So we're very grateful that um, that the Bingham Group has supported and BG Foundation has supported Code to College uh, through our efforts for Texas 2000. We're going to nearly double the number of interns placed this summer um, from 130 last summer to uh, nearly 250 this summer. So um, huge shout out to you and all the great work that you and your team do. Yeah, Rebecca, you and your team. And Carl, coming to you, uh, what's on the what's on the on deck or this year for your for E4 youth? Sure. Well, this is a big year um, of growth uh, for us. Um, we established this platform. We've been working on this platform that's now called What Once Was or Wow um, for the past uh, four years, and now it's really starting to mature. Um, and we have. Um, the idea is community storytelling around uh, key locations uh, in a city. We also started to work with employee resource groups um, at employers um, and really providing a way for those people to build a sense of belonging. Um, oftentimes, people, these companies spend a lot of money to bring diverse talent to say to Austin or a lot of these cities, but these folks don't stay. Uh, because they can't make really substantive, um, they can't, they find it hard to build those community relationships. And so what we're doing um, through story, the power of storytelling, um, our youth are going into the community, they're collecting these oral histories, they're leading uh, tours and workshops uh, with, with these, these employees at the same time, those employees get to also engage with them and teach them direct skills. You know, the, the idea for us is that, you know, we, we have students that say they're doing UX design, some are into coding, some are into music, but how do you start to do that in, in the framework of 
first of all, figuring out what you want to do and, and, and get, getting, getting that exposure, but also building those key relationships with professionals that are doing the types of things that, that, that you want to do. So we're really focused on expanding that. As I said, we, we served 500 youth. Um, last year, we're going to be serving 5,000 plus this year. We've, our partners have tended to be um, like ad agencies, um, production companies, but now we're starting to go, starting to partner with enterprise um, level partners um, and be able to work with those, uh, those larger employee resource groups and have them participating also in the storytelling uh, uh, process so that they have, they have context um, about the communities that they're in. So that's our, that's our major focus, continuing to build our high school clubs um, and really grow um, our programs. I guess a couple of things we are gonna be doing, um, we're gonna be working on, we, we got received a heritage um, tourism grant from um, the city of Austin. And we're going to be working with uh, the Rogers Williams Holy Cross neighborhood, which is the first um, neighborhood in Austin that was actually planned and built by black professionals. And so we're going to be working with them to capture oral histories uh, uh, about that neighborhood and then also using VR and AR, um, develop VR and AR content so people can do walking tours both remotely and, and physically walking through the neighborhood and learn about the history of those places. Some pretty amazing folks. I think one of the original Tuskegee Airmen um, had a house uh, in that neighborhood. So really looking forward to do, doing that. And also we're working with the Neil Cochran House which as the, only, the last freestanding slave quarters in Austin is lo located at the Neil Cochran House Museum. And so we're gonna be working with them to develop a curriculum that we're implementing um, with AISD um, next fall. Very good. Let's take to Carl. Um, just what uh, needs, needs, continuing needs, where can, for folks who wanna engage with E4 Youth, we'll get to go to college as well. Where, you know, what where are the needs at? And then we'll put con your contacts in the show notes, but let's take a focus on needs just ahead of this year. We we need uh, people that want to have skin in the game. Um, you know, money's always awesome, <laughs> but it's really uh, about spending spending time uh, with our students, building relationships. That's our secret sauce is that we focus on those relationships. Um, so there's lots of volunteer um, opportunities. Uh, if you want to help in, in terms of uh, our students creating content um, or uh, you, you want to coach kids on resumes, look at portfolios, there are all sorts of opportunities to do that. And if you really want to gain, uh, build, do team building within your workplace, um, we're a great partner to be able to, to do that. Um, and bring people in your workplace together with our students and learning together about the community and, and leveraging technology. Very good. Uh, Matt, Encoded College just needs uh, for those in the community, both in Austin and out, you know, around the country that want to engage. So we, uh, amidst the pandemic, uh, we had to make a hard left turn and go from 100% in person to 100% virtual, um, as a lot of uh, organizations um, also uh, did. But one of the things that I, I'm really proud of is that our team was able to turn that into a, a strength and a superpower of ours, 
we have been engaging with volunteers virtually all over the world at this point for the last two and a half years. Um, we've got a list of 15 different volunteer opportunities in terms of roles, but probably about 75 to 80 throughout the calendar year, ranging from resume review to mock interviews to um, reviewing their scholarship and college admissions essays and providing feedback to uh, serving as an instructor. Uh, the list goes on. Um, we also, um, you know, similar to what Carl had mentioned, we have these things called mass remote events or MREs, which we've been doing since 2018, so pre-pandemic. Um, we were getting ready for a while, um, where basically you can jump into a Zoom uh, with a team um, and review those resumes or any other college access materials from our students. Um, but it's asynchronous, so you could also do it on your own um, first thing in the morning, late at night when you can't sleep, et cetera. So um, we're always looking for more volunteers. Um, interns as like bat signal bat signal uh if you look around the macroeconomic environment companies are pulling back and so uh if you are looking for high quality diverse homegrown technical talent we've got them in in spades i'm very proud of the work that we're doing but we've got about a hundred more interns to place and so uh, if you're a hiring manager or if your company is a tech company, and by the way, every company is a tech company, um, please do reach out because we've got awesome interns who we're ready to place. That's good. No, actually, I was thinking about that last night. Um, this whole thing with the chat, GP, GP, G, chat GPT, I've been interested in that and how it can work with our business. So I might have some ideas uh, to run by you, Matt, on that. And I mean, Carl as well. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you both for your time. Um, again, uh, I've known both of you for, for several, several years now and seeing the growth of your organizations, particularly as Black founders and anywhere in this country, but do it, viewing the Black, being a Black founder in the nonprofit space, I know can, from posts y'all have shared on, you know, on factual, on empirical data, quantum data is just more challenging. And I felt really honored to fulfill, I know, a promise I had made to Matt several years ago <laughs> in the pandemic about being a contributor. Yeah. He's like, you know, I, I got that done and I look forward to engaging with your groups, uh, both your organizations rather um, with my my time or time and talent also, which my treasure as we continue to grow as a firm. And I want to shout out, shout out to both of your teams. I know it's a it's a group effort. I've engaged with several members of your team before in the past and great folks, uh, great boards and well contacts. Well, Matt and uh, Carl's contacts in the show notes as well as information about Code to College and A4Youth. But gentlemen, you're doing great work, great work great work in the community. The tech space, clarity space are two things that Austin, the new Austin is, there's so much uh, you know, real money and opportunity in those spaces and not a lot of us, black or brown in them. And y'all are doing that. I think what last thing on my end, what I was especially attracted in, to both your organizations was because of the workforce component. It wasn't just mentorships and it was truly getting these kids paying jobs because a lot of times those first jobs, you know, the internships, you know, there's the, the, the biggest barriers are to get the experience and to take no pay in certain cases. And so, you know, just pulling that or putting a focus on paying jobs is critical um, as well as in parallel with having quality portfolios. So I want to thank you both and your teams for the efforts on that. And I look forward to seeing the continued growth and, you know, and, and finding ways that BIM Group and our team can be supportive and the foundation rather as well, or as well can be supportive. So I want to thank you both for your time. Matt Stevenson is the co-founder and CEO of Code to College. 
Carl Settles is a founder and executive director of E4 Youth, Austin-based but growing nationally in both organizations. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, AJ. Thank you for listening to the BG Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your colleagues. The BG Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The BG Podcast is a product of the Bingham Group LLC, an Austin-based lobbying firm serving businesses, nonprofits, and trade associations at the municipal and state level. You can learn more about the Bingham Group at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G-H-A-M-G-P.com. And for the latest firm news and content updates, follow us on LinkedIn. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you.